Hello, you are listening to Getting After Lefty, starring Gary Gatehouse, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have good questions on the show, like, uh, Mr. Obama, sir, I have a, just a quick question, if I can. Um, I was wondering, you know, just uh, where, uh, where the hell is your birth certificate? Well, it's Monday, and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Getting After Lefty. And I'm your host, Gary Gatehouse, and I'm exercising my First Amendment right, Getting After Lefty. Hey, what a Saturday night, huh? What a Saturday night. So, uh, Mr. Donald Trump does it again. Mr. Donald Trump kicks everybody's butt in South Carolina again. I mean, what is the media to think of it? What is all the uh, pundits on the East Coast to think of it? All those analysts and all those panels at Fox News, Carl Rove, the whole bunch, what are they to think of it? Donald Trump? The Trumpster? The Donald an entertainer, as they call him, winning two in a row? Oh my God, what's wrong with the American people? What's wrong with the conservative base of the Republican Party? The same base that the Republican Party not very long ago wanted to distance themselves from. The same base that the Republican Party leadership and Republican National Committee said were the real threat to Constitution, were the wacko birds. Donald Trump wins in Carolina. Donald Trump wins in New Hampshire. Donald Trump should have won in Iowa. We know the scenario on that one. So what does the media to say? Egg on their face? What is the media to do now? Who do they back now? Their boy left the uh, run. Jeb Bush was ordered by the RNC, Gary Gayhouse's opinion, of course, called up Jeb and said, Hey, Jeb, you've been spending a whole lot of that there money, and you ain't done nothing for us. Are we telling you to get out of the race, boy, right now? Jeb, uh, in his meek little manner, bailed out. The guy that was going to kick everybody's ass, the anointed one on the Republican side, was going to face the anointed one on the Democrat side for the headbanging to win the presidency. And it was all figured out in some probably big office over in Brussels or somewhere else. The One World Order, all these other people, they all had it lined up. It was going to be a Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton fiasco. It was going to be a Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton, or maybe if Jeb dropped the ball, we still have another boy in line, Marco Rubio. He's the boy now. He's in second place, and he's going to kick Trump's butt in Nevada. You know, I was watching the run-up to the final close-down of the polls in Carolina there, and everybody was saying, it looks close. It looks close. You know, uh, Jeb Bush, he's, he's, he's looking good, but Marco Rubio, he's looking better. He could, he could, uh, he could win this thing. He could win it all. Fox News was saying it. They were all saying it. Then here it come. 
The polls closed. The exit polls. Fox News reluctantly gave the check mark in the box next to, to Donald Trump. What else were they to do? It wasn't within 20 minutes after Trump was declared winner that the Fox News people, the talking heads, Megan uh, Kelly and all of them were trying to say, well, you know, he only, he's only winning 32, 33% of all the, the races so far. He's never going to get that 45 to 50% he needs to run up and win against a single comp- uh, opponent like Marco Rubio or maybe even John Kasich. You know, folks, it's pathetic. It's pathetic that the mainstream media, including Fox News, had their sights set on a presidential run-up against Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush or Hillary Clinton and Marco Rubio. Sure, the dust hasn't settled yet on this campaign cycle. We've got a ways to go. But Trump is way out ahead. 50-some delegates against, I think Rubio's got 10. And Nevada's coming up and Trump is ahead, I don't know, 20-some points. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, you can see the workings. If you pay attention, you can see the gears rotating and grinding. When you talk about the RNC, the Republican National Committee, the RNC and the leadership within the the Republican Party, Trey Gowdy and all that whole damn bunch, they're all in cahoots together. They're all standing behind their man now, Marco Rubio. Now, last night on Fox News, after the dust had settled and Trump had gave his uh, speech and all that, the judge, Judge Judge, uh, uh, Panin or whatever her name is, prated across the guy who was, she said, an insider, insider Republican, inside the Beltway insider, Jack Black or whatever his name name was, and she said that he uh, he was had tied at the hip with Mitt Romney and he was uh, with Reagan and he was all the other guys and he knew what was going on in D.C. He knew what was going on inside the Republican Party and whatever Jack Black or whatever the hell his name was, whatever he says, by God, that's gospel. What do you think he said? What do you think he said? Well, do you think he said, well, Trump's got a real shot at this. Shot, uh, Trump might go all the way. No, he didn't say that. He said the party line, the RNC line. Well, I don't think Trump's going to do it. Trump's not going to win this. It's Trump's not going to be the man that's going to be running for the Republican Party uh, for the White House. It'll probably be Rubio or maybe even John Kasich, he said. But Trump's not going to be a player in the end. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there comes a time in America, there comes a time in all the politics of getting a person into the White House that the American people want. There comes a time when we as Americans tell the inside the Beltway pundits, the analysts, the uh, political cartel, the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the mainstream media, we tell them all to go to hell. We're not accepting your crap anymore. We don't buy into any of your misinformation, disinformation, and propaganda. It's finished. It's done with. It's over. We are tired of being hoodwinked. We're tired of being lied to. We're tired of being counted on as dolts that will follow the party line. 
We're finished with that. We are finished with it. And the sooner or better that you folks up in the Republican National Committee understand the mood of the American people, we don't trust anybody that has a big P on their forehead. Politics. We don't trust you. You've lied to us for decades. You've lied to us. You've abused us. You've taken us to the cleaners. And we're not going to have it anymore. Self-evident? Last, last Saturday night. New Hampshire. That's only two. But the wave is building. The wave is getting bigger. The movement is getting stronger. The American people, and yes, even some conservative Democrats, are realizing that they're being used, have been used. And yes, I may say, even blacks. Some have seen the light when it comes to the Democrat Party. And I dare say some of them might cross over and vote for Mr. Donald Trump. Maybe they already have. I don't know. But if you look across the board at all the different little subcategories of the final win category in the polls, you will see that Donald Trump carries every subcategory. The old, the young, all those folks that believe in the Constitution, the love of the military, the whole, whole gambit. He carries them all. Now Marco Rubio said something last night in his speech after the election was finished. And I'm going to paraphrase it now. I can't really say it word for word, verbatim. But he went with something like this. Tonight we've seen the new emergence of the 21st century. Up on the stage we have a black senator for the Republican Party. Up on the stage we have a governor of Carolina whose parents came from India. And I, Marco Rubio, parents and myself are Cuban. This is the new 21st century America. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I have no problem with what he said. But listen to what he said. He in there nowhere in there did he mention a white folks. Nowhere in there in his little speech did he mention white folks. It's like in the 21st century, we white folks are going to be an afterthought. We are not going to count anymore. As Rubio said, it's the new 21st century. And all these folks up here are not, not white. They're of other colors. Again, I don't have any problem with that. But Mr. Rubio... To draw that line of distinction between you folks and white folks and setting us aside like we don't exist, it's a big mistake, man. First of all, we are all Americans. White, black, green, or yellow. And we are all who pay attention and love our country. We are all patriots. White, black, green, or yellow. No 21st century distinction between races and the white race. I thought we were a melting pot and we all blended together. First of all, that's a lie. Second of all, multiculturalism as a tool of the left and part of the political correctness ideology 
he was kind of preaching that, if you read between the lines. And multiculturalism, ladies and gentlemen, is another lie. Is another lie. Now, what he said, is that racist? No, it's not racist. It would be if a white person said it. But no, it's not racist. I don't give a damn who said it. He's saying what he believes. First Amendment, as I am exercising right now, is his prerogative. He can say what he damn well pleases. But I suggest all you folks out there go back and listen to his speech at the end of that uh, Saturday night. And listen to what I was trying to say to you, uh, paraphrasing, and pick up the exact words, and you make up your own mind on what he was trying to say. To me, it was a slap in the face of white folks. To me, I might be wearing my face on my sleeve. I don't know. But I know I, I, uh, I took it the wrong way. And please, you listeners out there, if you listen to it, and you see it another way, you can contact me, GaryGatehouse at Rush.com, and tell me that I'm wrong. GaryGatehouse at Hush.com. Tell me I'm wrong. I, 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 you know, I'll accept whatever you folks think. But it kind of PO'd me for him to get up there and make a statement like that. But getting back to the election and the out, final outcome this last Saturday, I looked at Donald Trump and I looked at his family. What a beautiful family they are. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, how many people, how many families in America today can say, not only do the parents not smoke, but none of the children do. Not only do the parents not partake of alcohol, none of the kids do. Not only the parents do not take any drugs, neither do the children. And they're all well educated, and they're all well, uh, they're, they're articulate, and they're very polite and courteous. Just a beautiful family. Just a, an absolute uh, family, American family that everybody would, every American, every American family would love to emulate, would love to be like. Now, I was listening to Newt Gingrich last night on the Hannity show after the election. And he made one hell of a statement that resonated with me. He said that Donald Trump, although he is a billionaire, although Donald Trump has money coming out of his kazoo, he's a blue-collar billionaire. A blue-collar billionaire. Now, when you watch Donald Trump up on the stage... Does he act, I mean, let's get serious here. Does he act like somebody that is snobbish? Does he act like somebody that is above the fray and above everybody else? Or is he down talking to people in the audience and to America via the uh, television camera as a man who you could sit down and have a beer with him? You could sit down and if you wanted in, in Pittsburgh, in some little bar, and sit down and talk to him and say, How you doing? What you, let's have another beer. How's your family? And then you know I hate that SOB down the road. You know, that SO, you know, just use blue collar American language. And he would answer you in the same terms. He would answer you in the same terms. He's America's man. He's America's 
middle America's idea of a man and a family man and a family man and an American man that has made it, that has achieved the dream through hard work. And I tell you what, when Donald Trump says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He's not going to drop the ball after he said he's going to do it and, and do something else. When he makes a promise, I guarantee you, this by watching this guy and how he carries himself and the self-confidence that he shows every day in himself and what he does, he is the man for America. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after the Phyllis Shaffley Report. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional lawyer, a conservative icon, and a Reagan appointee to the Bicentennial Commission on the U.S. Constitution. She is author of 25 books, including Who Killed the American Family?, the Flip Side of Feminism, and No Higher Power, which chronicles President Obama's war on religious freedom. Now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. Everybody agrees that children should have fathers. The widespread absence of fathers due to divorce and unwed childbearing has gotten the attention of both conservatives and liberals. The difference is conservatives do not suspend their logic when it comes to homosexual marriage. It is a widely accepted fact that children with fathers outperform their fatherless peers in almost every area of life, so why would anyone want to have marriages where fathers are optional? President Obama addressed the issue of fatherless families in his Father's Day address in 2008. He said too many fathers are missing, missing from too many lives and from too many homes, and the foundations of our families are weaker Because of that, everyone knows that children are better off with mothers and fathers. Homosexual marriage removes the necessity of fathers from the marriage equation. Although there's no way to ensure that all children have both a mother and father present, the government should do everything in its power to encourage it. The forced acceptance of homosexual marriage was one of the biggest attacks on the institution of the family in American history. The Supreme Court sent out the message that America no longer believes that marriage is about creating a stable living environment for children. Since then, conservatives from all around the country have been trying to find ways in both states and communities to fight back. We fight because we want the very best for all American children. Same-sex marriages are certainly not in the best interest of American children. We need to keep up the fight on every level to make sure that as many children as possible have everything they need to succeed in life, including a home with a mother and father. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. Marriage is under attack. Fathers are losing their rights. Children are being raised without dads. Want to tell the world how you feel? Go to eagleforum.org and be a part of the blog conversation with Phyllis Schlafly. For the sake of families everywhere, join the debate on the blog at eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
More than two million Americans have served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the Department of Veterans Affairs reports that approximately 11 to 20 percent of those warriors may have experienced symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. As we recognize PTSD Awareness Month, Real Warriors campaign volunteer Meg Mitchum, a former Army combat medic who served in Iraq, encourages fellow warriors to reach out when they need help. The hardest step was admitting that I needed help coping with PTSD. Once I did, my command and unit fully supported me, and I was able to get the care I needed. Getting support helped me succeed in the military and now in my civilian career. If you or a loved one is coping with an invisible wound, resources are available and they work. For more information, visit the Real Warriors campaign at realwarriors.net or call 866-966-1020. Yeah, Donald Trump rising. American hero, you betcha. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition, getting after lefty. America needs a hero, and uh, folks, I've uh, I've received uh, quite a few emails from people that listen to the show, and a lot of those emails say, "Mr. Gatehouse, I thought you were a radio talk show host, and I thought that radio talk show hosts don't back one particular candidate, and I thought that." All these years I've listened to you that you would be in the corner of Mr. Rubio or Mr. Cruz. And I thought, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the deal. Talk show hosts like Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levine, etc., etc., etc. They derive their money. And they operate their shows on the money that is given to them in return for exposure of products, etc. Commercials. They're commercial radio talk show hosts. Now, I'm not saying that these companies own Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levine, etc. But I'm saying that they have to stay within a maybe a very loose-knit way of talking about individuals in the political spectrum as laid down by the people that are sponsoring their shows, corporate America. And you know, Rush Limbaugh, he more or less speaks his mind. But I think there's a stopping point for Rush Limbaugh. There's a stopping point for Mark Levine. There's a stopping point for Sean Hannity. Lest they drive away money, revenue, to keep their shows on the air. Now, in my case, Gary Gatehouse, as with many talking heads at the grassroots level radio, we are not hamstrung by people who give us money from the corporate world to advertise their wares on our shows. Everything that this show does... The airtime, 
the time goes into producing it, all the equipment that I need to run a show, I pay for it. I'm my own sponsor. Nobody else pays for it. And there's somebody out there that's running for president that is kind of the same way, right? His name's Donald Trump. The corporate world doesn't own him. He's not accepting money from any big company or any company or anybody. He's paying for it himself. And that's what's so attractive about the man. One of the things. He can't be bought. The Republican National Committee has already figured that out. The mainstream media has already figured that out. Ladies and gentlemen of America, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever seen an individual on the scene running for office of the president ever in your lifetimes since you started paying attention to politics? How many of you ever seen a candidate speak out against the mainstream media? How many of you have ever seen a candidate call the mainstream media on the carpet and read them the riot act? How many of you people have ever seen a candidate point at another candidate running for office and tell them, you're a liar, not misspoke, he didn't misspeak, you're a liar. Now we all know in Congress that people in Congress don't lie. We know they lie, but to them they don't lie, they just misspeak. And even somebody that hates eats somebody else's guts when the, within Congress a senator that hates another senator, he will never or she will never say that they lie. They misspeak. And if they misspeak, then they have the opportunity, and the mainstream media says it all the time, well, they walked that statement back. They walked it back. So it races the misspeaking or the lie as we see it, and they start again at a new level playing field. Trump don't play those games. He does not play those games. He calls a spade a spade. He pulls no punches. He takes no prisoners. And he don't hold, hold his allegiance to any mainstream media. But he plays them like a fiddle. And the mainstream media gladly goes along with it. Because they know when Trump opens his mouth and says something, first of all, it's a truth, and he's speaking very plainly about whatever he's talking about, whether it be another candidate, the President of the United States, Congress, whatever. And they know when he talks, people listen. And it generates news for him. 30-second sound bites. Two-hour-long shows with the pundits from the East Coast and analysts. Carl Rove with his little white board sitting up there on Fox News. Well, I don't know, Megan, but what if these numbers here were moved down here and this guy, he bailed out and his numbers go to this guy and that guy? They could possibly beat Trump, you know, Megan? You know what I'm talking about. Trump knows this too. And it becomes more, more evident with each passing day that Mr. Donald Trump is not a politician. He's a businessman. He's never been exposed to this kind of crap. But he's learning very quickly. 
he's learning very, very quickly on how politicians work. And he's putting that into his repertoire. You know, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you a question. If for some reason we had to sit down and negotiate a big deal with China on trade, or whatever the case may be, and you wanted to get the best bang for the buck for the American people, who would you rather have sitting there across from the Chinese? A, a, a junior senator, Marco Rubio, that when he says he has all this foreign policy experience and stuff, he doesn't have any damn experience. What, standing on the Senate floor talking about it? Has he sat down and done a deal with any leader of a country? No. He's joined hands with Chucky Schumer and that bunch, John McCain and Lindsey Graham and that bunch, Gang of Eight, trying to do a deal to screw the American people on amnesty of illegal aliens. There's some experience there, I guess. But on the other hand, look at Donald Trump. He goes into foreign countries and sits down with leaders of those foreign countries, corporation leaders, etc., doing deals to get the big, biggest bang for his dollar when he builds a golf course, a building, whatever. He's not there to make friends. He's there to make money. He's there to get the best bang for the buck, the best deal, and he's been doing it for decades. I would much rather have Donald Trump representing me than some senator or senators or ex-House of Representatives person that lives now lives in Ohio and calls himself governor. I would much rather have Donald Trump representing me as an American than those three yokels. They have a big P on their forehead. Politician. That's the big secret. They're politicians and they will never escape that brand. They've been exposed to and operate under politics, business as usual, in Washington, D.C., the district of corruption. How could we ever trust any one of those three? The trust in our federal government and the trust in the two political parties and the trust in Congress is at, is at an all-time low. And need I remind you that Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and John Kasich are all part of that. They are all part of that. And they get up and talk about how we're going to get America out of the ditch and how we're going to do this and do that for America. But yet they're part of Congress who is doing the absolute opposite. Now, I don't think I want a senator or an ex-song-and-dance-man, one-trick-pony show that lives in Ohio now as the governor representing me. Because, you see, I don't think we'll get the bang for the buck. They can say all the hell the things they want. And it's the same old, tired, worn-out rhetoric that we've heard from politicians for decades. Politicians. 
That's a nasty word in America today. And it has been for some time. You know, folks, it's a sad day in hell. It's a sad day in America when somebody like Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, John Kasich can get up there and run against the very damn same things that they were part of. It's a sad day in hell when a lot of Americans buy into that. We have a new, fresh, untainted individual that's out there that has thrown his own money into the ring, can't be influenced, can't be bought, tells it like it is, tells the truth, and he doesn't take any guff from anybody. The Pope, the mainstream media, Congress, he don't care. If they're doing him wrong, he's going to tell them about it. Not tomorrow, not the next day, today. And that's what I think is very refreshing about Donald Trump. Something that the American people have been wanting for years and years. Somebody with a spine. Somebody that will stand up and say the hell with political correctness. You don't control me. I'll say what I want to say. And if I hurt somebody's feelings, that's just too bad. Because the truth sometimes does hurt. And the only people that hate Donald Trump for telling Trump for telling the truth are the ones who do not believe in the truth. They're the ones where the truth just doesn't matter to them. Donald Trump is the man of the hour, man of the day, man of the year. And if he goes on to win this, the man of the decade. And like I said, with each passing day, he's going to get better and better at this game. And when he gets at the top of his game on every aspect of it, watch out. Watch out, you politicians. Because when the, you mess around with somebody like Donald Trump, you've already learned. He's going to bite back. We'll be right back after a few short messages. Liberty Council is a litigation, education, and policy organization established to preserve and advance religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family. We have offices in various places around the United States and affiliate attorneys in all 50 states, plus a major outreach in the nation of Israel. Don't get discouraged about what's happening in our country and around the world. Get encouraged. Get on your knees in prayer and get involved. Stand with us in preserving our Judeo-Christian values. Visit lc.org. Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The Supreme Court of the United States should protect women, not abortion. There is a big case before the United States Supreme Court. It comes out of Texas, and it involves regulations of abortion clinics and hospital privileges, admitting privileges into various medical facilities. That's been challenged 
And now it's before the United States Supreme Court. Liberty Council has filed an important amicus brief representing the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference and also Operation Rescue in this particular situation, overviewing the problem with deregulation of these abortion clinics. This case is now before the Supreme Court. A decision will be made no later than the end of June. We're going to be talking about it on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Matt Barber, the founder of barbwire.com. Matt, this is an amazing uh, case. It is a good opportunity for the Supreme Court to have some common sense and allow common sense regulations of these abortion clinics. The problem that you have is many of these abortion clinics, they're exempted from common sense medical regulations that apply to other facilities, even that apply to veterinary facilities. These abortion clinics are oftentimes deregulated. And in some cases, for example, most cases, you have these so-called doctors that have a medical degree, uh, but they couldn't do anything else probably except for abortion. Uh, They're sleazy uh, kind of doctors that come in and do death uh, camp killing every week with abortion. And they will kill a child potentially harm that woman, put that woman at risk of losing her life or health, and then not have any hospital admitting privileges because they're quack kind of doctors. They don't have the hospital admitting privileges, so when their patient gets injured, they can't admit them into the hospital and go with them and carry on that particular care because they have no right to be there because they don't have any hospital admitting privileges. So some of these regulations are saying if you're going to do it, You've got to have hospital admitting privileges, the consequences of which mean that many abortion clinics, many of these abortion doctors will not be able to do abortions, and that's why they are opposing these laws. Well, many of them are quacks, and that's why most of them are, are quacks. I mean, they, they get kind of the, the dregs, the, the bottom of the barrel, if you will, uh, people who are willing to actually uh, violate their Hippocratic oath and, and take an innocent human life and kill instead of save. And so they get, you know, the ab- abortionists themselves are usually, you know, just not good enough to become a, you know, a real doctor, if you will. But there's a racist element here too, Matt. Nearly eight out of ten surgical abortion facilities are intentionally located in in uh, uh, African American or Hispanic communities and neighborhoods, and that's in keeping with Planned Parenthood's long history of racism and eugenics. You know, Margaret Sanger. The founder of Planned Parenthood spoke at KKK rallies. Uh, she talked about, uh, you know, they, they didn't want people to find out that this was about getting rid of, of the feeble-minded and, and the Negro and, and as some of the language that she used. Uh, just totally a, a racist organization that, that uh, uh, has tried to cover up that history. So we shouldn't be surprised that they, they don't want any kind of common sense oversight here where there's clearly a compelling state interest to protect women. They're not interested in protecting women. They're not interested in protecting babies. They're interested in, in use, treating women and babies as a commodity, killing the babies for profit. That's what this is all about. That's exactly what it's all about. You have the largest abortion clinic of Planned Parenthood in the country, of any uh, abortion clinic, right there in Houston, Texas, set in the midst of a Hispanic and African-American minority community. We represent the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference that represents over 40,000 Hispanic churches throughout the country uh, with a big presence right there in Texas. And uh, their communities are desperately hit by these abortion proceedings and and, uh, death camps. So these clinics, they set up. The doctors uh, pop in. Uh, They don't have 
regular practices. Uh, they cannot get admitted to a hospital because their quality of, of care is so abysmal uh, that these hospitals, they're not going to want quacks that have admitting privileges because it ultimately puts the hospital at risk. So they only give admitting privileges to people that have at least decent reputations and legitimate medical practices, not to say that everyone's going to be flawless, obviously. But hospitals have an interest in only allowing people of a certain caliber to be admitted or to have admitting privileges, meaning that you can admit your patient and you can be with them and come in and visit and provide a standard of care to them while they're there. Wouldn't you want that if you had an orthopedic surgeon, for example, who's treating you in the office, does an MRI and says, now I want to admit you to this particular hospital because I'm going to do surgery on you. And that person then continues to follow up with you. It, it provides a continuum of care. These abortion doctors, they don't have that. They do the death killing in their clinics. Uh, they'll put some of these women in jeopardy of their lives and then they get transported to the hospital, well, these doctors can't be there. So as a result of these abortion regulation clinics in Texas, about half of the abortion clinics uh, shut down because the doctors did not have hospital-admitting privileges. The standards of care, the regulations, the surgical procedures didn't come up to the level necessary for other outpatient surgical procedures or centers. The abortionist filed suit. Now it's before the United States Supreme Court. The real question is, will the Supreme Court uphold it? We have ultimately filed a brief. I encourage you to read it. You can go to lc.org. You can go to the Supreme Court Should Protect Women uh, press release and click on the hot link that says amicus brief. I encourage you to read it because in that, we uh, worked with Operation Rescue, Troy Newman, to overview lots of the problems of the deregulation, the injuries, uh, the health risk that occur in Texas, and also, of course, we represent the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. Go to lc.org. I encourage you to read this case, read the brief, and then pray for this uh, case as it's going before the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, and, and Matt, you know, they, why uh, are these clinics located um, in African-American neighborhoods, in Hispanic neighborhoods, eight of ten of them? Uh, well, Margaret Sanger, in talking about birth control, she said this. This this betrays everything you need to know about Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger. She said, birth control must lead ultimately to a cleaner race. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? She also said, and why abortion? She said, quote, the most merciful thing that the large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. That that just sh that just surmises the the culture of death, the mentality, and when when the most merciful thing to do to a baby is to kill it, when that's your mentality, and 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 when you want to cleanse the race and and you know for, of of black people as Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood did, uh, the human race, then why should we be surprised that they want to be able to uh, have as many abortions as possible without any kind of health regulation to watch over to make sure that women aren't bleeding to death and dying, that, that there are uh, doctors with admitting privileges that are adequately qualified, that there are regulations to make sure that, that uh, all the surgical tools are clean and, and so forth. That They don't want any of that because the goal here is to be as merciful as possible. And the way, according to Margaret Singer and Planned Parenthood, that you can be as merciful as possible is to slaughter as many babies as possible. Yeah, she was part of the whole eugenics movement. Uh, 
She was referred to by Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was a fan of hers as well. And, uh, of course, Adolf Hitler was in the ultimate eugenics movement when he tried to wipe out people uh, that were not Aryan. He wanted to create an Aryan super race. That was part of this whole eugenics idea. That's what Planned Parenthood, that's what Margaret Sanger ultimately did as the modus operandi, as the reason for existence of Planned Parenthood. That's why 8 of 10, 8 of 10, 80% of all the abortion facilities in Texas are located in African-American or Hispanic neighborhoods. There's a reason for that. Go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. Pray for this case. Pray for Liberty Council. Support us financially. Also, sign up for The Awakening 2016 at lc.org. At The Awakening 2016, we have a breakout session Planned Parenthood and Human Genocide. And we have uh, lots of great speakers on that particular panel. Uh, we have uh, Sandra Susan Merritt, who will be there. She's one who was indicted in Houston. She's one of the undercover investigators of Planned Parenthood. Uh, we have the threat of ISIS. We have gender confusion, setting the record straight. Amazing number of people on that particular panel. Civil resistance, when man's laws conflict with God's laws. Amazing group of people, including David and Jason Benham. So much more. Israel in the Middle East. We have great plenary speakers there. You'll not want to miss the Awakening 2016, March 5. You can register right now at lc.org. Click on the Awakening icon. It is an uplifting event, one that you will not want to miss. Remember, Liberty Council in your prayers and your regular financial support. You have been listening to Faith and Freedom with Matt Staver of Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Working together, we can make a difference. Get informed and stay involved. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. That's lc.org. And tune in next time right here for Faith and Freedom. Hey, this is Gary Gatehouse, and I'd like to give you a hot flash here. Trade Martin, that's right, Trade Martin, famous producer, famous music writer, now has his own radio show on Sunday morning, that's right, Big Dog Radio, and you can get him on Big Dog Radio, blogtalkradio.com. Don't forget, every Sunday morning, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedomofamericaradio.com. Roll up there every day, Monday through Friday, and listen to Gary, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, patriots, we have a president that could be occupying the White House illegally. I know that's an unpopular thing for a lot of people to hear, but it's a truth. He could be occupying the White House illegally. We have a president that lies to the American people on a daily basis. We have a president that supports those who would want to do us harm, Muslims. We have a president that circumvents the Constitution just about every day. We have a president that is running, running the country with executive orders and has stated publicly that he will continue to do this whenever Congress does not act or agree on his policy. He will find ways to institute that policy 
with the stroke of his pen, executive order, or call whatever federal agency that he needs to comply with his policy via policy change within that federal office or agency. He's already done this. We've seen him do it. He and the Communist Democrat Party have used the IRS, the EPA, the FBI, just to name a few federal agencies, to go after Tea Party members. He has used same agencies to go after individuals, go after companies. He went after Dinsi Souza for producing a movie, a documentary that exposes Obama's plans, his ideology. Got him thrown in jail. We have a Republican Party that does nothing, does not listen to its constituents. A party that is in bed with the Communist Democrat Party. I've called them the, part, the Democrat JV team. That's what the Republican Party is. The Democrat Party JV team. And they're in bed with that party on many issues such as immigration. We have a Republican Party that has no leadership. We have a Republican Party that many members are Republicans in name only, rhinos. We have a Republican Party where its leadership and many members have declared political war on conservatives. Patriots, we have an issue. That is looming on the political radar screen and is getting bigger by the moment. That issue being amnesty to over 15 to 20 million illegals in our country. They broke into our country. They came across our borders. The Republican Party did nothing. The Democrat Party did nothing. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, are all a part of Congress. Whether they try to distance themselves from what's going on within the Republican Party and Democrat Party in Congress, they can't. They had that big P on their forehead. They are a part of all this that has happened and transpired over the last seven years under Barack Hussein Obama Jr. All the things that went down against America, whether it be on the diplomatic side, on foreign policy side, on amnesty side, domestic issues, etc., Rubio and Cruz, senators of the United States of America, involved and with the Republican committee and Republican Party are just as much a part of all this I'm talking about as anybody else that hangs their hat in Congress. They cannot distance themselves from it. No matter, irregardless of all the things that they say, all the rhetoric they spew out on the campaign trail, they are still politicians. They are senators from Congress, the very Congress that will not stand up to Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the very Congress that has lied to us time after time, the very Congress that told us in 2014, just give us the Senate and we will take care of business, the very same Congress that looks at us every day in the face through the television camera and lies to us consistently over the years they've lied to us. On any issue you can think of. They have done nothing. They are a do-nothing bunch of people up there. The good old boys and the good old gals that have built their little ivory towers and they look down their noses at the American people. Now, it's a rumor going around 
I have not seen anything to produce the actual facts, so I'm going to treat it as a rumor. But it was said through a memo. Now, this mem- memo was seen by people within the Rubio uh, campaign organization that it was said, and I'll paraphrase again, that Rubio or somebody within his campaign staff said that the supporters of Donald Trump are nothing but white trash. The supporters of Donald Trump are nothing but white trash. The supporters of Donald Trump are nothing but white trash. Supposedly in a memo within the Rubio staff, Rubio uh, inside uh, staff of people. White trash? And if you notice, the mainstream media, and especially Fox News, keeps hammering the point. Well, the people that are out there voting for Donald Trump, the people that are supporting Donald Trump, these people are fringe. Donald Trump is fringe. His campaign is fringe. He's not, they, yet they have said time after time that Donald Trump is not mainstream America, not mainstream politics, not mainstream this, not mainstream that. And the people who are supporting Donald Trump whether they're high school graduates or less. They really don't know anything is what they're implying. The well-educated people, the people that know what's going down, are supporting Rubio and supporting Kasich. The people that support Donald Trump, white trash, blue-collar, fringe, not mainstream. How many times have we conservatives heard that? Now, I support Donald Trump. I've been around 31 years working for the United States of America and the people within, serving my country. I'm a college graduate, and I've got a few more degrees under my belt as well. But I don't consider myself an elitist. I don't come across as an elitist, and I'm not. I don't even speak the words of an elitist. I live in a meager home. I've worked hard my whole damn life to have and put together what I have. None of it was given to me. Not one damn penny. And I guess I am blue collar when it comes to that. I guess I am just an average middle America American. A southern American. A Texan. Who just happens to love my country who just happens to get all uh, emotional when I hear the national anthem. It just so happens that I believe in my family and my large extended family, America. And I don't like it when people come down on America or talk bad about it. I don't like it when people make fun of my country. I don't like it when people within our own Congress calls fellow Americans trash and uneducated, and blue-collar, and fringe, and wacko birds. But that's where the RNC is coming from. That's where the Republican Party is coming from. That's where the mainstream media is coming from. 
and we here in the middle of America, heart of America, down south, we who are west of the Mississippi, we're tired of it. We're tired of it. We're burnt out on it. We don't want to hear that crap anymore. We want to tell you people up there that so so called mainstream media that are producing it what you call news, but it's nothing but propaganda. We want to tell you, we want to put you on notice. We're tired of you as well. We're tired of the Megan Kellys and the Brent Bears. And the MSNBCs and the NBCs and the CBSs and the CNN and public broadcasting. You all broadcast nothing but propaganda and misinformation and uh, uh, misinformation and disinformation. And sprinkle in every once in a while a news story just to make it look good. No, we called on to you. We see that you're all two-faced. We see that you talk out of both sides of your mouth. We see that you're in bed with Washington, D.C. We see that you are just as much as elitist class as the politicians are. And you consider yourself so. We see that you talk down your nose and look down your nose at the less fortunate ones that maybe don't travel in the same circles that you do rubbing elbows with the corrupt SOBs in D.C., and you're just as corrupt as they are. No, we've caught on to you. We know who you are. We see you every day on television. We see all your panels and analysts that you prayed across the TV screen spewing more propaganda and misinformation and disinformation. We see people with little white chalkboards and big chalkboards and big electronic boards and people pointing at the, the figures and facts and trying to talk out away from it or undermine the truth. We see all of this. We understand where you're coming from now. And like I said, this man that calls himself Donald Trump, he's refreshing. He looks at the world in very clear-eyed. He sees what's going on. He understands what's going on. And he talks our language. And that language is something that we've been hoping for for a long time. An individual that talks our language. Not the language of the mainstream media. Not the language of the corporate world. Not the language of the political elite. The language of America. You know, the last president that really was one that didn't uh, pull any punches, called a spade a spade, took no prisoners, was a Democrat. And his name was Harry S. Truman. He didn't take crap uh, off anybody. He told it like it was. You know, folks, it's time that America realize that we have a champion standing in front of us every damn day, spending his money. He didn't have to do any of this. He could have carried on with what he already is doing, being more successful. But he's taking the time out to get America out of the ditch and back on the main road.
He's my man, Mr. Donald Trump. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Monday edition, Getting After Lefty. And we'll be back after the five-minute news. Second hour, coming up. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-minute news break. Please stand by. Radio. I'm Lisa Lissandra. Michigan Governor Rick Schneider calling last night's mass shooting in Kalamazoo senseless violence at its worst. Six people killed after police say 45-year-old Jason Dalton opened fire at three locations, an apartment complex, a car dealership, and a restaurant. A 14-year-old girl clings to life. Dalton drove to the Up and Under Bar. It's a college bar here in town. A bouncer recognized the car in the parking lot from the Be On The Lookout alert that was sent out by police. He alerted police. Uh, Dalton was arrested without a fight. Police have confirmed now that they did recover a semi-automatic handgun. Fox's Mike Tobin, Kalamazoo police saying they contacted Dalton's wife to make sure she was okay. They say she is cooperating with police. Dalton, an Uber driver, expected to be arraigned tomorrow afternoon. A Las Vegas man facing murder and attempted murder charges after a deadly shooting just outside the casino district. Police say 30-year-old Omar Talley was involved in a fistfight before the shooting. Fresh off his victory in South Carolina, Donald Trump campaigning in Atlanta. It to me looks like Hillary unless she goes to jail, which, you know, which is a possibility. And saying... It is crunch time. We have to go out and vote. We have to get out there. We have to vote. Georgia votes on Super Tuesday, March 1st, the next Republican caucus this Tuesday in Nevada. The average price of gas dropping five cents over the past two weeks to $1.77 a gallon. Industry analyst Trilby Lundberg saying the price is 56 cents per gallon cheaper than a year ago. Lundberg says it's less likely that gas prices will continue to slide because crude oil prices are almost unchanged from a month ago. In the closest finish in Daytona 500 history, it was Denny Hamlin at the checkered flag. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I don't know what, what happened. I, I can't even figure out what I did, but um, it all just came together. On Fox Sports, you're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Now the Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia has been laid to rest. The decision on who should replace him begins in earnest. Everything hinges on one person, President Obama. He spent part of the weekend going through the binder that he was photographed carrying at the White House on Friday, the same day Justice Scalia's body was lying in repose at the Supreme Court. Now inside that binder are the names of his possible replacements. 
The president has promised to nominate someone who is indisputably qualified for that seat, someone who even his political opponents would say would serve with honor. Fox's Christian Fisher in Washington. The U.N. has put the Syrian regime on notice, that from Secretary of State John Kerry. To use food as an instrument or weapon of war is a war crime. Meanwhile, ISIS claiming responsibility for a series of bombings in Damascus and homes. Nearly 130 people killed, at least 170 hurt. Several of the movies up for the Academy Award for Best Picture tackle true stories. Spotlight tells the story of the team of journalists from the Boston Globe that uncovered the child abuse scandal within the Catholic Church. Obviously, the church will fight us very hard. The Big Short looks at the events that led to the 2008 housing bubble collapse. I'm sure the world's banks have more incentives than greed. You're wrong. Bridge of Spies takes on the true story of an American attorney brokering a deal to trade a captured Soviet spy for a captured U.S. spy. You're asking me to violate the Constitution. Room tells the story of a woman who gets impregnated by her captor and raises the boy in the shed that she's been kept prisoner in. Good morning, plant. Good morning, sink. I want him to feel safe. Michelle Polino. Fox News. The Dalai Lama assuring his followers he's in good health despite receiving treatment at the Mayo Clinic for a prostate condition. The 80-year-old Buddhist leader spoke to about 3,000 people in Minneapolis where he gave a short talk and also spoke about the Tibetan New Year. Lisa Lacera, Fox News Radio. You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. That's right, darling, and welcome back to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition, Blue Monday. Getting after Lefty. I hope you folks are having a great day in God's big, beautiful world, wherever you're at. How many of you people out there can truthfully say that you're having it really good these days? Everything's looking up for you. Job's going great. Got money coming in. You got money going in the bank. You got money going into Junior's savings account for his college indoctrination four years. Everything's just looking rosy for you. Obama says it. Everything's looking good. The economy's on the upswing. Now, I'm not talking about you individuals that live in that little area of Virginia and Washington, D.C., that area there where 90% of your government workers and you've got a guaranteed income every week, every month. I'm not talking about you all. You know, that's you, uh, other folks that live elsewhere in the United States, that area I just mentioned, that's the richest part of the United States as far as people can live and work, etc. That is the richest, most affluent part of America, right there in that little quadrant of Washington, D.C., Virginia, parts of Maryland. That is where all the people there, they don't just understand what what people over in flyover country or down here in the south or other parts of the United States, why are they complaining about the economy? The economy's looking good. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, there are many millions of Americans I would say about half of America is living from paycheck to paycheck. Yet, most Americans, I don't know, they, I guess they don't can't put the two and two together on how they got to that point in their life. 
living from paycheck to paycheck, living with working two part-time jobs, underpaid jobs, minimum wage jobs. How in the hell did we as America get to a point, like I said, where half of America is living from one paycheck to another? Now the economic picture is looking brighter these days, so says the federal government. The economy growth has picked up to its fastest pace in over two years, while employment growth over the past five months has averaged a healthy 185,000 new jobs. 185,000 new jobs nationwide. They don't say what kind of jobs, do they? They just say jobs. I would say 70, 80, 90% of those 185,000 jobs are minimum wage or just above it or at the poverty level income. They don't never say that. They just say 185,000 new jobs. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, as evidenced by a report that came out this last Thursday from the Corporation for Enterprise Development, nearly half of Americans are living in a state of persistent economic insecurity, paycheck to paycheck. That makes it difficult to look beyond immediate needs and plans for a secure future for the average family here in America. In other words, too many of us, too many of us Americans are living, like I said, paycheck to paycheck. And these folks, liquid asset poor. And its report finds that 44% of Americans are living with less than $5,887 in savings for a family of four. Now, the plight of these folks, half of America, is compounded by the fact that the recession, as it is going on, and has in the past ravaged many Americans' credit scores to the point that now 56% of us have subprime credit. That means if emergencies arise, many Americans are forced to resort to high-interest debt from credit cards or payday loans. That's America today. Half of our fellow Americans are living in that type of situation. But you know, this financial insecurity, it just isn't affected by lower classes. One quarter of middle class households also fall into the category of liquid asset poor. Geographically, most of the economically insecure are clustered in the South and the West, with Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Nevada, and Arkansas being the states with the highest percentage of financially insecure. Don't see any East Coast states mentioned whatsoever. In a 28-state states, a third of more uh, or more of the unemployed have been without a job for six months or longer, leaving them with a no unemployment insurance safety net following the expiration of extended benefits in this this past December. Now in New Jersey, Florida, and the District of Columbia, Columbia, nearly half of the unemployed have been out of work for longer than 26 weeks. That's according to an analysis from the Economic Policy Institute of Data from the U.S. Census Bureau and the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Among all 50 states and D.C., the average is 33%. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, before the Great Recession, back in the 30s, the highest the long-term joblessness share ever reached was 26% in mid-1983. This is according to analysis from the government. Today, 41 states, 
41 states have shares of long-term unemployment above that level. 41 states. Who got us to this situation? Was it just by happen chance? Was it just, it, it was just uh, one of those things that kind of was shaken out of the uh, financial and economic tree that hit America on top of the head? If you really think about it, it was all the indecision, the poor decisions, lack of interest, lack of support, I don't give a damn, coming from our federal government and the people who operate it and the people who reside and hang their hats in Congress and the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama Jr., the silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago, the community organizer, the avid fan of Marxism, the stealth Muslim. These people laid it at the feet of the American population. They could see it coming. They didn't take any steps to counteract it. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, what am I getting to? What am I getting to? We have a bad economy. It's falling down around our ears. It's sinking faster than the Titanic. Sure, there are pockets of growth in the United States, but the most of that growth is generated by living off the government tit. It's not generated by private industry or corporations. Hell, they're all packing their bags and heading south or heading to Europe or heading to the Far East to set up shop. And they're leaving the American people high and dry. Think about it. Do you think somebody like Rubio or Cruz or Kasich can do anything about our economy? Do you think that they have ever been involved with running a business? Running a mom and pop store or a big corporation? Do you think that they have the wherewithal and the knowledge of how to do that and make deals and get their businesses, if they had them, in the red, in the, out of the red and into the black? Hell no. They've all been part of the establishment. They've all been or are part of the political establishment, the political cartel in Washington, D.C., the very people that have got us into trouble. It's time that we wash our hands of these people and make them sign up and do what they have been signed up to do by taking the oath of office, ladies and gentlemen. They need to bow down to the American people and do as our bidding. They work for us. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever heard or seen or listened to the oath of office for the president? I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States and will do to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. Oath of office for Congress. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose or evasion, and that I will I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office of which I am about to enter. So help me God. Allegiance swear allegiance and affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign 
and domestic. And I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. They're not doing that. None of them. They're not protecting the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We have domestic enemies residing in government. We have people that are doing their best to destroy our country. And through not taking up any type of movement or blockage or whatever you want to call it in the Congress against that enemy and its enemies, Obama and his lot, the Republican Party especially, by not doing anything, has allowed the economy, the moral decay of America, the decay of uh, the American people when it comes to allegiance to their country, etc., the Republicans, the Republican Party, the people that rose their, raised their hand and swore to protect the Constitution are not doing it. The United States is suffering immensely. The American people, half of us, paycheck to paycheck. While all along, the Democrats and the Republicans and that worthless guy up in the White House allow our back back door, the southern border of the United States, to, re, to remain wide open and allow illegals to come into this country. We pay for their everything they need, their benefits, which they do not uh, deserve, they're not authorized to get, but somehow they've found, the government has, a way that they these illegals get them. They take our jobs. They bring in disease from third world countries. And who has to foot the bill for all of it? We the people of the United States of America. Now you know the mood of the American people. Mostly conservative Americans, patriots, those who pay attention. Not the underinformed, the misinformed, those who just don't give a damn. We know we are on our own. It is time to stand up and take our country back or forever hold our tongues, forever stop speaking out. But we must speak out. Call a spade a spade. Gary Gatehouse has said many times, Patriots, I would rather catch hell now speaking the truth than go to hell for not speaking it at all. Along comes a man, like I said in the first hour, well-versed, very successful, a billionaire, a man who knows how to make a deal, a man man who knows how to get things done, move things along. He has talked about the infrastructure of the United States and how it is crumbling, and it is. Just look around you. Do you think Democrats or Republicans have any idea, any idea at all how to fix this? Do you think those people up in Congress have any idea how to fix infrastructure, except take more money, ask for more money, and throw it at the problem. And then walk away and raise their hand and say, I voted for all this. We're trying the best we can. How many times have they told us in the past that they are going to build a wall on the southern border and it has never gotten done? We have two people, two senators, running on the Republican side, Cruz and Rubio. They are all part of this. They are all part of this. They are attached at the hip with Congress, with the Senate. 
and with all that has not been done. I don't give a damn what they say they're going to do or why they didn't do it. They all have been there. They hang their hat in Congress. And I don't give a damn how many people say, well, Ted Cruz filibustered and Rubio has got these great messages for America. It is all canned. It's all rehearsed. It's all congressional. It's all Senate in the well, on the floor, in the Senate. B.S. That's all it is. But we do have a man that is a millionaire, a billionaire, excuse me, who has made deals, has made a very successful life running businesses of all types. Which would you rather have in charge of rebuilding the infrastructure of the United States? A man that has ran huge corporations? Is running huge corporations? Or a man that has spent their whole life BSing people as a politician? Has never ran a business? Doesn't even know the first thing about a business. Which would you rather have, America? Most of us would say Donald Trump, wouldn't we? I'm telling you this right now, America. We need to get behind Donald Trump. And we need to push him above the 30, 30% mark in the... the, the uh, votes that he gets in these elections, these primaries. We need to put him up to the 40, 45, 48%, 50%, and shut all these other people down. All of these people that have never done a damn thing in their life except give speeches, pat each other on the ass, and walk around in Congress and face a little interview with some local TV network and run a staff of maybe 15 or 20 people and live off the government hit. That's all they've ever done. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition. Getting after Lefty. And we'll be back after a few short messages. I'm Donald Trump, and I'm running for president. Our country is in deep trouble because, let's face it, politicians are all talk, no action. My opponents have no experience in creating jobs or making deals. The fact is, I'm going to make the greatest trade deals we've ever made in our country, and I'm going to bring jobs and money back to the United States. I'll take care of our veterans and make our military so strong that nobody will mess with us. I'll secure our borders, and yes, we will have a wall. You can't have a country without borders. And I'll make sure that the Second Amendment and our religious liberties are protected. Obamacare is a total disaster. It will be repealed and replaced with something much better. You'll never be disappointed. I don't disappoint people. I produce. Together, we're going to make America great again. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. You found your source for all things conservative. The Internet's new conservative radio network, CRN. Well, welcome back to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition.
Beautiful day down here in South Texas. Not too cold, not too warm, about 75 degrees. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I guess by now you can probably ascertain the fact that or come to realize that Gary Gatehouse is a backer of Mr. Donald Trump. I have been since day one. I always kind of put as a second place person on my priority list as as Mr. Uh, Ted Cruz. But over the last few weeks, I've come to realize that Mr. Ted Cruz is not really who he says he is. Mr. Ted Cruz has some flaws that I don't really care about. And I've replaced as my second priority, not with Ted Cruz, not with Marco Rubio, not with uh, Mr. Kasich, but I put Mr. Ben Carson there, another outsider. Now I realize that Mr. Ben Carson probably has a snowball's chance in being president of the United States. I realize that. But I also realize and understand and know that Mr. Ben Carson is an honest individual. Mr. Ben Carson never had a bed of roses that he slept in as he was being raised. He was raised by a single mom who couldn't even read or write. He went on to become one of the top neurosurgeons, if not the top neurosurgeons for children in the whole world. Mr. Ben Carson's no dummy. Mr. Ben Carson is an intelligent man. Mr. Ben Carson looks at things through the sphere of a common sense person. Mr. Ben Carson understands the plight of both white, black, green, yellow, whatever the case may be in America. He understands the plight of America and the people, we the people. Mr. Ben Carson is one of those individuals that he speaks softly. But if you listen to what he has to say, it carries a lot of weight. A lot of weight. And it's just too damn bad that Mr. Ben Carson doesn't have, well, I guess more money to back him, whatever, to make a bigger push, but he doesn't. Mr. Ben Carson would be an absolute stellar person to put in cabinet in any part of federal government when Mr. Donald Trump is elected president. I can think of one position that he would be, Mr. Ben Carson would be an outstanding person to be and occupy and run the Surgeon General's office. I think he would be an absolute killer knockout home run to run the office of Surgeon General. Because not only do Americans suffer from economic woes, America is now suffering from diseases that have been brought into this country from third world trash that our government has allowed to come here. Diseases that we eradicated decades and decades ago. Some that we eradicated way back in the 1800s. Leprosy being one. Polio. Ladies and gentlemen of America, there's not a day that goes by that you don't pick the newspaper up and read about some place in the United States is suffering from all kinds of different breakouts, outbreaks of disease of some type. Diseases, like I said, that we have not been faced with in a long time. That just didn't happen overnight. When we opened our, our borders, failed to enforce our immigration laws 
by dictator, the person in office, and the lack of interest by the federal government and the Congress. We allowed all these people into our homeland. They broke into our house. Our house, America. And the federal government, which every individual that occupies a seat in the House of Representatives or the Senate or the White House, raised their right hand and swore on the Bible to uphold the Constitution and to protect against enemies foreign and domestic. Yet they want to allow Syrians in here by the thousands? They want to allow Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern people into our country by the thousands and force us to pay for their housing, their food, their health care, their education, money to live on? They're not even American. They will never be Americans. They will never assimilate. Yet for some reason, our government wants them here. Wants all those dredges of people, all the, all the uh, undereducated, underclassed, indoctrinated in socialism already from the third world countries of, from south of us, they want them here as well. Why is that so? Why do they want us to become the dumping ground of third world trash? I can tell you right away why. The Democrats are interested in changing the, the uh, demographics to such an extent as they will have a new underclass of people, uneducated, indoctrinated in socialism already, that they can control by dangling the carrot of welfare and American benefits out in front of them, thus controlling them. You get your benefits, you vote for us. Changing the demographics of America. Look around you the next time you go out to a shopping center. Look around. And then go up the word, look up the word demographics. Put the two and two together. The Congress has turned its back on we the people. We Americans. We who pay attention know this. We know it. And before I go to break, I would just like to remind you such people as Paul Ryan, now the Speaker of the House, he's one of the main contributors to selling us selling us out. Paul Ryan is nothing but John Boehner Jr. Mitch McConnell, another one, likes to talk, talk, uh, talk tough, push comes to shove, you can find him, find him hiding in under his desk. Let's face it, America, we indeed are on our own. But there is a bright, shining star out there. This left Carolina and headed for Nevada. A person named Donald Trump. Did you happen to catch him when he gave his victory speech in Carolina? Did you happen to catch him and his family? Standing on the stage. What a beautiful family. I, I was talking about it in, in, in the first hour. What a beautiful family he has. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't do dope. Unheard of today. 
Just about every American family has been touched by one of those vices, one of those problems. Wouldn't he and his family be the ultimate family to emulate, to point your children to and say, look at his sons and daughters. He raised them as business people. They learned from the ground up. It wasn't given to them. They had to learn. They had to go to school and and score good grades. They had to learn how to speak and be articulate. They had to learn how to dress right. They knew how had they had to learn how to public speak, etc., etc., etc. They didn't. Get, they were not given the keys to the family chest of money, if you will. They had to learn from the ground up. And to me, that is a good father that would make that a requirement of his children. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Monday edition. We'll be going to break, and after the break, we're going to have an episode of those two crazy cowboys from the south of Texas, Billy Bob and Carl. I don't know what they're up to. I got a note here left on my studio desk that said, Mr. Gatehouse, will you please play one of these two episodes of our show our equipment has broke down. We bought used equipment, and it's no good. And we're going to have to get some money together to buy better before we can get back on the air live. Would you please do that for us? Well, ladies and gentlemen, these two guys, they drink my beer, eat my Twinkies, eat my bags of Doritos, lay around on my couch, do all kinds of weird things, make all kinds of funny noises, funny smells when they come into my studio, But there are a couple of good old boys from South Texas, so I can't turn them down. After the break, we'll have an episode of Billy Bob and Carl. And depending on how much time they gave me after the episode, we'll be closing our show after Monday. So stand by. Few commercials, then Billy Bob and Carl. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did... It'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. Radio Land, I hope you're having a great day. This is Billy Bob, your radio host from South Texas. My partner Carl, he's laying over there on the floor drunk. Had a rough night. So he figured if he was going to get drunk last night, what the hell, I ain't going to sober up. I'm just going to get drunk again. And by God, that's what he did. He drank half a case of, a, of that darn Lone Star beer sitting over there in the refrigerator. He's, he's laying there on the floor, got a half-eaten bag of Doritos, and I don't know how many beer bottles laying there with him. You wake up. You wake up pretty soon. 
Maybe he'll even tell us something, say something to us. But right now, I, I had to put a dish rag over his nose and mouth. He was snoring so bad. I just hope those old scorpions or whatever it's over there sometimes hang out over underneath that refrigerator. Don't crawl up in his pants and sting him in the butt, you know? <laughs> By God, that'd wake him up, wouldn't it? Well, folks, I hope you're having a good time wherever you're at. I know this last weekend, myself and my missus, we said we were sitting around the dang house. Didn't have a thing to do, and it was Saturday morning. I done watched all my cartoon shows. That's right, I still watch them. I get me a big old bowl of cereal and a cup of coffee and chop up some bananas in my my cereal, and I sit down there and watch all those cartoons on the television. Just like when I was a kid, I still enjoy them. I don't care if you know it either. But my wife come in and she said, Now, dang it, Billy Bob, we sit around every dang weekend and don't do a dang thing around here but just stare at that dang television. Let's go do something. I said, You're right. By God, we ought to go out and do something. So we got all spruced up. I put on a pair of brand new Wrangler jeans and a white shirt, my best cowboy boots. Then my wife, she got all spick, spick and span and cleaned up and put on her real nice hairdo and some makeup and some fancy looking clothes. And Then we sat down and kind of looked at each other and said, well, we're all cleaned up. What are we going to do now? She said, well, the pickup needs washing. And I said, I ain't going to wash my dang pickup in my best clothes. We're all dressed up. She said, well, let's go out and get us something to eat for lunch. And then while we're eating lunch, we can figure out what we're going to do the rest of the day. So I said, by God, that's a good idea. So we went up, went outside, loaded up in the pickup, and headed for San Antonio. That's right. It's about a 60-mile drive, but, you know, it's pretty all the way out there till you get into the city limits, and it's nothing like, you know, it's just like any other big city, bunch of dang cars, a bunch of cement, and no trees, and... No, I had to say San Antonio and parts of it are pretty nice-looking. But anyway, we got into San Antonio, just at the outskirts of it, and she turned around and looked at me again and said... All right, we're in San Antonio. We decided we're going to get something to eat. What do you want to eat? I said, hell, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. I said, you want to go get a steak dinner? And she said, no, I don't want no steak dinner. I said, well, you want to go down there at that place that Carl and his wife went to? It says pretty good down there at that place called uh, the Garden or the Olive Garden or something. She said, no, I don't want no dang Italian food. And I said, well, listen, there is everything you can think of. There's Whataburger, there's Carl Jr.'s, there's Wendy's, you McDonald's, you name it, all the big fancy restaurants. She says, I know what I want. I ain't had it in a long time. I said, what's that? She said, I want to go to Taco Bell. I said, Taco Bell? I said, that ain't Mexican food, that's sister." I don't know, kind of looks like it, but she said, that's where I want to go. By God, we come all the way in town, you asked me where I wanted to eat, and I want to go to Taco Bell. So I said, okay. 
So we drove down, or, oh, I don't know, about a mile, mile and a half down there, and we seen the Taco Bell, and we pulled in. And we went up there to the front of the counter to order, and there was all kinds of stuff you could order. I hadn't been in there for a long, long time. And stuff started looking pretty good on that picture. They had up there showed all that fancy food they said they was making back there in the kitchen. And my wife, she stepped right up and she says, I want two bean cheesy burritos and I want a, well, I don't even know what it was, said a chipping chicken chalupa. I said, what the hell's a chicken chalupa? She said, get one, it'll be good. So I told that guy, I said, give me one of them there chicken chalupas or chalupas and give me one of those bean burritos with a bunch of cheese in it and that's all I want. Oh, yeah, give me a drink. He said, y'all going to be eating it here or taking it with you? And I said, I ain't going to sit out in no darn parking lot and eat this. I'm going to sit over in that dang booth and listen to all this music you got going. And he said, well, okay. And she told the wife the price, and we sat down at the booth, and he called our number. And I went over there and got that great big old tray full of food, and it looked pretty good. And she bit into her chicken chalupa and said, My God, Billy Bob, this is some pretty good stuff here. So I bit into mine. Sure enough, it was. It was pretty dang good. And we was sitting there eating Taco Bell and talking about all kinds of things. And I said, okay, we got got the food thing out of the way. What do you want to do next? She said, you know, we ain't never seen a movie at a movie house. And I know at least ten years. Let's go to a movie house. Let's go see a movie. I said, oh, man, I don't like going to movies. People sitting in there talking and yucking it up during the movie. It's not, it stinks in some of them. She said, let's go. I said, okay, it's your day out, we'll go to the movies. So we finished up our Taco Bell and got in the pickup, and we drove around, we finally found a movie house, I don't know, it had 14, 15 different movies showing. And she picked a movie, and we went in there, it was one of them, what do they call them kind of movies that girls like? Uh, Carl, no, he goes to them all the time. Chick flicks, it's one of them chick flicks. So I sat there with her, and she was just all enjoying it and everything. We was about 10, 15 minutes in that movie and heard somebody's phone ringing on those little bitty phones, you know, cell phone things. And the guy picked up the phone and started talking on his phone. I don't know who he's talking to, and everybody was trying to watch the movie, and he's about two rows in front of me. And he was talking and talking, and finally my wife said, Man, I can't even understand what the movie's about that guy talking. I said, just wait a minute. So I got up and I walked down to that guy and I pecked him on the shoulder and I said, excuse me, sir, there's a whole bunch of people in here who pay good money to watch this movie. And my wife's back there and she's trying to get all engrossed in it and you're sitting up there talking to somebody on your phone. Why don't you go out in the lobby and do it? He looked at me and just kept on talking. I pecked on his shoulder again. I said, excuse me, sir. You got a hearing problem? And he told whoever it was on the phone to wait a minute. And he looked at me and says, I ain't got no damn hearing problem, bud. What's your problem? What kind of problem you got? And I said, look, 
I paid good money to come in here, get some popcorn, watch this movie with my wife, just like all these other folks. And you're sitting there bumping your gums on that damn little phone you got, and it's disrupting the whole dang audience over here. Why don't you go on outside, get your this skedaddle outside, and talk to that person on the phone out there so we don't have to listen to your conversation. He looked at me and says, you know, this is a free country, by God. I can talk to whoever I want to talk to, wherever I want to talk to. And I tipped tipped my cowboy hat back and I said, listen, you're right, it's a free country. You're right, you can talk to whoever the hell you want to talk to. But it's a free country as far as the rest of us folks in here are concerned too. We paid money to see this movie and you're disrupting it, so I'm going to exercise my freedom and pick your ass up out of that there chair and escort you to the lobby whether you like it or not. And he looked at me and said, I'll tell you what, son, bring it on. So there was a little bit of a scuffle there. We commenced uh, throwing a few fisticuffs right there, and everybody forgot about the movie and stood around us. Why, well, I'd punch that guy right square in the eye. And he sat down in his seat, and I picked him back up by the shirt, and I said, now you and I are going to take a walk up that aisle. I'm tired of listening to you. And he looked at me and said, yes, sir, let's go. And I took him up there. And about that time, here come all these people that ran the movie house. And they come down there, and they was going to call the police department on me. And I said, just wait a minute. And I told them the story, and they were still going to call the police on me. And about that dang time, everybody in that movie house we was sitting in got up and walked out there with me. And they said, you ain't going to call the police on this man. He was doing his duty. He was helping us out. He was doing, trying to get that guy politely to leave because he was talking on the telephone and disrupting all of us. Well, the people that own the movie houses told that guy he better leave. And they told me next time something like that happens, you come and get us and we'll take care of it. So to make a long story short, if you're going to sit around on Saturday Thinking about something to do, you know, maybe go into town, have some food, go to a movie, whatever. You better think twice. Because if you go eat there at Taco Bell, and you're enjoying yourself, and your wife says, let's go to the movie house. I ain't seen a movie in a movie house in ten years. You better think twice again. Because this day and age, people don't respect nobody. They could care less about what anybody else is doing, if they're disrupting them, whatever, they don't give a damn. So I just took care of business, but I guarantee you, I ain't never going to a movie house again. I'll sit there in my front room and watch one on that big screen TV that I paid good money for at Walmart. And I ain't never going to a movie. I'll go back to Taco Bell, because that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good stuff. Not real Mexican food, you know, like Tex-Mex. All us folks down here in Texas, we know good Mexican food. You know, a lot of that good Mexican food comes out of little holes in the wall. Little bitty old places. Got the best Tex-Mex food you can think of. San Antonio's just full of places like that. Where you can sit down to a meal that'll just blow your belly up. 
I'm going to take a break. We got a commercial to play. I got all kinds of grief from one of our sponsors for not playing commercial last show. So I'm going to play this commercial just to make him feel happy. Well, before I go, I'd like to say howdy to all those listeners over there in Nacogdoches. I'm getting all kinds of email from you telling telling me welcome back and all that stuff. And thank you. Good on you. Good on all of you. We'll be right back. This is Marcus down at the City Hall Bar, the bartender. And I'd like to tell you, we'll be sponsoring that Billy Bob and Carl show. Them crazy dudes come in here and tore up my bar last Friday night. And I'm telling them there cowboys, if they want sponsorship from City Hall Bar, they got to behave themselves. I tell you what, this week's sponsorship money's coming out of their pocket. I ain't sending it till they pay for them chairs they broke. And all you folks that listen to them crazy cowboys, you're welcome at my bar anytime. Hello everyone, this is your Action News reporter with all the news that is news across the nation on the scene at the supermarket. There seems to have been some disturbance here. Pardon me, sir, did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was standing over by the tomatoes, and here he comes, running through the pole beans, through the fruits and vegetables, naked as a jaybird. And I hollered over to Ethel, I said, Don't look, Ethel! And it's too late. She'd already been incensed. Here he comes. Boogie there, boogie there. There he goes. Boogie there, boogie there. Now, folks, I want to tell you a little story about Carl and his wife. When they went to a restaurant in San Antonio, they stopped by a little grocery store first to get some stuff. And this is what happened to Carl's wife. Have a listen. Look at that, He likes to show off his physique. If there's an audience to be found, you'll be streaking it around, inviting public critique. This is your Action News reporter once again, and we're here at the gas station. Pardon me, sir, did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was just in here getting my cars checked, and he disappeared out of the trap. Come streaking around the grease right there. Didn't have nothing on but a smile. I looked in there, and Ethel was getting her cold drink. I hollered, don't look, Ethel! And it's too late. She'd already been mooned. Flashed her right there in front of the shop and so Boogie-dee-boogie-dee. He ain't loose. Boogie-dee-boogie. He's just in the mood to run in the noose. Yeah, I'll tell you what, folks. Carl's wife enjoyed the hell out of it. Watching that guy running by with nothing but his birthday suit on. He streaked her at the convenience store, streaked her at the gas station. Once again, your action news reporter. That man was flashing her left and right. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, deep. Hey, Tom, I was just going down there to get Ethel a snow cone. Here he come, right out of the cheap seats, dribbling, right down the middle of the court. Didn't have on nothing but his head. Didn't have Made nothing a but a dairy queen. Stand. I hollered up at Ethel. And he said, was running down the road with nothing on, licking on that dairy queen, streaking and flashing. And mooning everybody and Carl's wife was chasing him. That's right, she was chasing him, telling him to turn around and flash her again. Carl was never so embarrassed in his dang life. What do you think you're doing? 
I don't know, folks. You get dirt cold. Those two people calling his wife, I don't know. They get into more stuff. Innocent as it may be. She got streaked. She got moon. She got flashed and enjoyed the heck out of it. Still laying over there on the floor. During break, I went over and reached up in the chair I got over there and found an old pillow stuck under his head. But he is snoring logs. Can you hear him? No, I guess you can't. That dang washcloth, I guess, keeps that muffled sound down here away from the microphone or something. But he's been laying there for about an hour and a half now. Boy, he must have got his snoot full this morning somewhere. His wife's going to be hunting him if she ain't out looking for that streaker. Now, that streaker, you know, I ain't going to tell you who it was because you would understand right away. Well, hell, I'll tell you who it was. He's in the Hooskow now anyway. Remember my old shows way back? I talked about that guy that used to sit out by the Coke machine in the convenience store whittling. Remember him? We used to call him the Whittler. He'd just sit there and with a piece of stick and a knife, a pocket knife, and just whittle all day. That's who the streaker was. He must have lost his marbles or something. Because we went down there at that convenience store before we went out to eat, and there he was just streaking up and down the street, and he wasn't whittling. He left that piece of wood. <laughs> Wood. He left that piece of wood in that there pocket knife laying on the chair there by the coke machine. And I guess he just commenced to take all his dang clothes off and started running up and down the street. Well, we got a knife full of it there, at least Carl's wife did. And then he, went, he and her went over across the street to the gas station and here come the whittler, birthday suit and all. Screaming up a storm and just streaking that gas station from one pump to another. Mooning everybody. Well, to make a long story short, the deputy sheriff and his main man, his, uh, his dude that works part-time, he's on the deputy sheriff reserve. They come over there in that great big old cop car with that great big old antenna sticking up flipping around and around like a darn fishing pole. And they picked him up. They picked the whittler up, and they said, Son, what's wrong with you? What's going on? This old Carl telling me all this. Whittler wouldn't say nothing. He'd done done what he wanted to do. He wanted to flash everybody in town that he could and moon them all. But I guarantee you, I was talking to the deputy sheriff, and he said, Oh, Whittler ain't going to be sitting out by the Coke machine for the next few days whittling on the wood. <laughs> He's going to be sitting in the hooskow, eating two squares a day, whether he like it or not. Got him for it. What did he say got him for? Indecent exposures. Indecent exposures or something like that. other words, he was mooning when he shouldn't have been mooning, and he was a-streaking when he shouldn't have been streaking, because in the law books, they say that's indecent, and they put his butt in jail. But old Carl's wife, she still talks about it, and every once in a while, Carl tells me, 
fact that once in a while she'll go down there by that coke machine to see if the whittler's back. <laughs> you know, folks, in my town, in my county, down here in South Texas, we have a whole parcel of folks from different stripes, different ways of life, but we all get along. We do. We all get along. The whittler gets wrong. Sometimes he's the streaker. I don't know. Rufus that owns a county hall bar dance dance hall, he gets along with us unless we go in there and cause a ruckus like we have in the past. and He gets pretty mad at us. It's cost us a pretty penny to keep all that uh, bar bill tabs going and fixing those broken chairs that Carl breaks when he gets into a fight. But anyway, South Texas, down here in ranch land country, we watch out for each other. We really do. Regardless of who you are, we got your back. And one thing Texans, most Texans do, and I can say that for all you folks in East Texas, North Texas, South Texas, West Texas, and everything in between, we watch out and take care of each other. Like I said, we have each other's backs. And by God, that's the way it should be all over the dang country. Now I know up on the East Coast, I can forget about them carpetbaggers up there. They march to a different tune. They all say, you know, that they are the most, oh, I don't know what you call it, most educated and all this sophisticated and all this other stuff. And they wear all those fancy clothes and drive all them great big fancy cars and go to those big old uh, nightclubs or whatever they call them and run around with all those blondes with all those trinkets hanging off their neck and stuff. Well, we don't cater to people like that down here. We're just a free-loving, free, freedom-loving people down here that work our tails off from sun up to sun down. And we believe in our country, our constitution, but right now most of us folks down here just don't believe in our government. We don't believe in that Yoko Obama Lama Ding Dong that lives up there in the White House and all his dumb people that are trying to tell us all kinds of stupid stuff about Ebola's okay and it ain't going to hurt us and we're going to let all these people in from Africa and all that stuff and they're just going to sign papers and take their temperature and say they're okay and all that. Then I read in the paper today or some old doctor from that went over and tried to help them folks over there in Africa come back and brought Ebola with him. And he was running around all over New York City talking to people, shaking people's hands, bowling, eating at restaurants, everything, taking those, what do they call them, those uh, subways, jumping into them taxi cabs and everything. He had Ebola. Now the the whole town of New York, they got to spend all kinds of that their taxpayer money up there to go around and see if they can find everybody this guy had in contact with, had contact with. And that stupid mayor up there, a friend of mine that takes the, brings the Pepsi and the Coke and all that stuff out here and delivers it out to the convenience store, he's from San Antonio, 
By God, he should know a thing or two. He's all over the place. He said that mayor's nothing but a dang communist, a communist. And I looked it up. Well, I don't want anybody in any country, any state, any government being ran by one in their communist. Nah. We got to watch out for New York. With that guy running that, running that show up there, we better be careful. But that guy there in Washington, D.C., Obama Lama Ding Dong, and all those people that work for him. You know, folks, come November, and it's just around the corner, if you check your calendar, we're all going to be marching off to the polls to vote. Now, I done voted early, and I voted for Mr. Abbott, and I voted for all those conservatives because down here in Texas, that's what we are. All these carpetbaggers like Wendy Davis and all of them have come down here and try to spread out all that their liberal stuff. And it is, We don't cotton up to any of that stuff. That is all a bunch of East Coast and West Coast hogwash. BS, if you will. But they got a bunch of people they imported down here from all those states that buy into it. And they live down here in Texas now, and they're trying to change what they tried to escape from. They're trying to change our state to, I don't know, mirror what they they ran away from. Ain't that stupid? Ain't that stupid? But you know what stupid is what stupid does, right? And my mama always told me a long time ago when I was a kid and I'd be complaining about something. Well, I'm complaining about the elections and people were saying all these elections could be fraudulent and people voting are dead and people voting are illegals and all that. And I've been complaining to my folks down here and all that, but I can still hear my mom's voice ringing in the back of my head when I was a little kid, be complaining about something. She'd look at me and she'd point her finger right at my nose and she'd say, Now, Gary, you can complain all you want. And you can try your best to do whatever it is you want to happen. But the bottom line is, Gary, it's all going to come out in the wash. Whatever will be, will be. Once you find out what it is, then you can go after it. But just let it lie right now, Gary. Stop complaining. Just go on. You make your, you do your business. Do your duty. And hope all the folks around you do it. And by God, when, when the time comes, like I said, it'll come out in the wash. You know, my mama's always right. She was always right. She was one of those folks that never complained. She never complained. And she had a, a hard road to hoe. When I was growing up, my daddy didn't have any money. My mama didn't. Nobody I knew had any money. But we didn't know we was poor, and we didn't complain most of the time. I complained a lot, I guess, being a South Texan. I guess for as compared to others, Gary complained a lot. I just couldn't understand a lot of the stuff that was going on around me or buy into it, so I complained about it. And I guess I'll just continue to do that as well, but keeping in mind what my mama told me a long time ago, 
it'll all come out in the wash. Well, folks, I've been bumping my gums now for 29 minutes. So before I go, I promised uh, I'd play one more commercial for this guy, so here we go. Well, howdy, folks. This is Charlie down at Charlie's Pickups. We'll be the sponsors of Billy Bob and that dare Carl, those crazy cowboys. Like you to come on down and visit Charlie's Pickups today. Pick you out a bright, shiny one. And drive that pickup home today. Now, folks, before I sign off, I just want to let you all know, all you good Christian folks out there, that the Billy Bob and Carl show, it might sound like we're up to no good, but we're good old boys, that's for sure, and we love our country. We's all raised as Christians. And I hope maybe some of the stuff I passed along to you kind of helps you in your day. But please remember just where you came from, who created you. Please remember to practice your Christian religion the way God Jesus Christ wanted you to. Don't, don't get away from his teachings. Don't let any renegade pastor try to try to change your mind on stuff like those same-sex people getting married and stuff. Practice your religion as your mama and your daddy taught you. Practice your religion, your God-fearing religion of Christianity. Like that good old pastor from yesteryear used to say, the straight and narrow is the way to go. Don't be deviating off the path. Stay with it, folks. Christianity's under attack, that's for sure. All you have to do is watch the television or read the newspaper any day of the week. And you good Christians out there, whether you live on East Texas, West Texas, down in the valley, down in Corpus Christi, over there in El Paso, San Angelo, up there in Stevensville, wherever, remember who you are. First of all, you're American patriots. Secondly, you are Christians. And third, you're by God Texans. And don't let anybody take any one of those three away from you. God put us on earth to do something good for ourselves, our families, and yes, for our country and the world. Whatever it is, I know you'll identify it. God bless you all. Say a prayer for our country. Say a prayer for Billy Bob and Carl. Say a prayer for your children, your family. Say a prayer for Texas. Meet you at the polls in November. This is Billy Bob saying, see you all later down the road. Well, folks, you've been listening to the Gary Gatehouse radio show, Getting After Lefty. And as an added treat, we had the Billy Bob and Carl show in the second hour. This is Gary Gatehouse speaking to you all the way from South Texas, USA. Be talking to you again Wednesday. Until then, y'all have a great day. Say a prayer for our military. Say a prayer for our country. This is Gary Gatehouse saying, 
Good day.